Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast. I almost said, I don't know what I was going to say. Welcome to the Starbucks pod, the Starcast Ooh. Bucks pod thing. Welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 30. This week we have Kevin Briones for you. He is comic book creator of the perfect, oh my goodness, I keep saying, Dill, you gotta, I need a sign or something. I keep wanting to say perfect dark, which was the video game I used to play on Nintendo 64. It is the Neon Black series, which is nothing like Perfect Dark, the Neon Black series, and the Go Man series. Uh, Kevin and I, we lived in the same building for a while, we worked together for a little bit, and he's an all-around great dude. How great, you ask? He came and recorded this podcast on his birthday. That's not even the best part. In August. No, in July. July. Not even August. Poor guy. I rushed him in. I wanted him on the podcast so dang bad. And then we were leaving that day, I think. To LA. We're off to LA for the Campeones Campeones, the um, Mexican like Champions of Champions Cup that they have. Uh, it was being played in Los Angeles. And then between that project and then the move into the new office... It became one of those podcasts that just kind of like sat in the vault and we knew for sure, like we knew it was going to come out. We just didn't know when. So Kev, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but thank you because, you know, after this is kind of like marinated for these months, I'm sure it is 17 times better. Before we get to the podcast though, Dylan, you're back for a second week. Hey. This is exciting. You're speaking two weeks in a row. Two weeks. And we're going to try to keep it going. But I really wanted you on. No, I always want you on. But I, you were away. I was away. I don't know why I'm trying to tee it up so bad. You weren't even on this continent. You were on vacation. Tell me your vacation, dude. I was in Peru for a Holy. week, camping out in the Andes Mountains for a couple nights. Hiking that's, the Inca Trail. That's, the, that's a vacation for me. That's not a vacation. It was You're lying. <laughs> no. Didn't it? You said it averaged like 10 kilometers of hiking a day. Pretty much uphill. But, which sounds completely easy until you realize you're like going through the mountains. Yeah, these are no paths. <laughs> They're not paved flat walking trails. No. <laughs> this isn't the Toronto waterfront. It is not. No. You have a good time? Great. Uh, yeah. I got some great food recommendations from former Jeff podcast guest, Jeff That's right. Garriock, So, So maybe you can impart one because I said before, I want to come to you every week for a little bit of advice. Last week, you gave us great Christmas movie advice. If I'm in Peru, if I'm in like Lima or whatever tomorrow, which you never know, where where should we go for food and what did you eat? Well, the one place for sure I think that was amazing was in Cusco. The, one of the most unique restaurants I've ever been at was called Fallen Angel. The tables were Victorian style bathtubs filled with water with like a fish inside, a fish tank, and then a glass tabletop on top. And that was your table. Did you? I didn't see any posts about this. Uh, There's definitely a post you missed. It. Is there? It's because I probably didn't realize it was you when there was like a table with a fish in it. Yes. So that, and just some weird art all over the place. It was great. Fallen Angel. Yes. So when? What did you have for dinner that night? I had ceviche. Oh, I love ceviche. Uh, Sounds delicious. It was delicious. You want to hear about what you missed? Uh, sure. Clay, what were you up to last Oh week? my goodness. Let me tell you. No, actually, we had a pretty good week. The Toronto Mike podcast came out. It was awesome because at the end of the week, 
and, and he may have talked to us about this off microphone when he was here. He had a like a podcast roundtable. He invited in three guests and he talked about diversity in sports. And longtime friend Sofia Yurtskovich was on there. If I butcher your name, I'm really sorry, but I practiced it, I promise you, like 20 times before I started this. And she tells this awesome story from when she was at um, Hockey Night. And she obviously, like we all were at the time, we kind of, a group of us kind of came up together. Um, and she was fortunate enough to be at a job at Hockey Night, is kind of really like honing her her chops, her her uh, ability as both a sportscaster, but also as a journalist. And she tells a story when she was there when someone said, stick to fucking Twitter because you're not Elliot Friedman. And that struck a chord with me. First of all, because it was a diversity in sports podcast. Uh, and so obviously we we're talking about a lot of the underlying, uh, a lot of the undertones of, of being a female broadcaster in sports. But the idea of putting a glass ceiling on someone and saying, just stick to this one thing that you can do because you're never going to be anything more frustrates me so, so much. And if anyone's followed her career, she's unbelievable. She's a great journalist. She's a talented writer, podcaster, radio host, on-camera talent. And it broke me. And if you follow me on Twitter, I went off. Like when it came out on Friday, I just went fucking off the wall. And uh, it's, I guess, good because Sophie and I have reconnected. But it was wild to me uh, that these things or that people are just like so narrow-minded and so insensitive. So while you're away, Dill, you missed the Toronto Mike episode. I think it's number 407 when he has the podcast roundtable. I suggest you check that out. And if it's not already too much, uh, Katie Nolan, she's from ESPN. Uh, her show is on ESPN Plus, which is like a pay service. Uh, but a lot of the clips from the show because we don't get it in Canada, you can find on YouTube. It's called Always Late with Katie Nolan. And after everything came out in the NFL recently, this recent barrage of bullshit uh, about Reuben Foster and Kareem Hunt. Actually, her podcast is this really fun feature that comes back every once in a while called Look It Up. This is my version of Look It Up. Uh, it's the Always Late with Katie Nolan monologue from the week of December 4th. And she speaks of not only what happened and and how perhaps the NFL is dealing with it wrong or, or how they have not been fully included in investigations as, as they're going on. But also she finds the pattern in and how people address it. They don't name the victim by name. They never take uh, ownership of what they did. They make these blanket statements like, you know, I, I was raised by my mom and I was raised by my grandmother. And they point out all the other people in their life that they have let down and they never actually apologize to the victim here. And they make these bullshit statements. And in the case of Reuben Foster, like days later, Washington picks him up. And if that's not bad enough, and you have to listen to Katie talk about this one, but the I believe he's the director of player personnel for Washington makes an absolute bonehead statement uh, when trying to deal with this and calls it small potatoes. Anyway, not that I'm not going to get too carried away because I'm only presenting it to you kind of secondhand, but I'm saying, Dill, you're back in the country. Listen to Sophia on the Tor Toronto Mike podcast and then tune in to Always Late with Katie Nolan. You can find the monologue on YouTube or 
You can listen to her podcast, Sports, with a question sports? mark. With Katie Nolan, and she goes into it for about two straight straight weeks. She talks about it a little bit more. It was pretty great. But uh, yeah, that's my rant for the day. I just wanted to kind of give some shouts to some people who are doing some awesome fucking shit. Uh, lighten me up, Dill. What are we doing this weekend? Well, if you want to get outside the house this weekend, I, clearly have, to, I clearly have to get outside the house. All I've been doing is watching YouTube nonstop. This Friday? In one of my favorite neighborhoods of Kensington Market. You love, you and Sean both love Kensington, Kensington Market. Kensington Market. At the Round Bar, Christmas Beats and Treats. This one, this is funny because this one was brought to me by a couple friends separately. We also, we used to all work together, uh, Matt Andrews and Neil Focard. And I'm interested, like when you look down the names of the performers and I think it talks about like there being house music, which I wouldn't associate any of these guys as being big, you know, for a Friday night out with house music. But because they both send it to me, I am, I, I feel obligated, like I have to go. And it's for charity. And it's for charity. And it's for charity. $20 at the door. $20 at the door. All profits are donated to Sick Kids Hospital. You see I remember that, Dill? I, like, I, I copied it onto a piece of paper once. Boom, 20 bucks. Stuck in the mind. Stuck in my mind. In the brain. What about Saturday? Well, Saturday, since this is the 30th podcast, happy 30th 30. anniversary of a topic we brought up last week, Die Hard. No, <laughs> At the Review Definitely, Cinema. Definitely. Definitively a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. And it's playing at the Review Cinema in Toronto at 9.30 p.m. And it's not just playing at the... This is the neat thing about Review. They do this. They host a series called Drunken Cinema. And so Drunken Cinema as you can guess, has a bunch of games involved, definitely drinking involved, some really interesting cocktails and prizes they give away throughout the night. So it's not just like go see a movie because you can see a movie anywhere. It's going to see Die Hard right before Christmas on the 30th anniversary with drinks and you can win some sweet swag. Sweet swag. That's sweet something I, swag. Sweet, sweet swag. It's not something I want to say too many times in a row. All right, and then Sunday to end out the week. Wrap up the weekend. End up the weekend. A legend, the Jim Cuddy Band, playing at one of my favorite venues in the city, the Horseshoe Tavern. What's the last show you've seen at Horseshoe? The last show I saw at the Horseshoe Tavern had to have been White Denim, where I ran into former podcast guest again, (laughs) Dan Gladman. You're going to be known as Dylan, former podcast guest, Wilson. I, I think one of my first shows, I think my first show ever in Toronto, was at the Horseshoe Tavern. They had great new music nights uh, hosted by 102.1 The Edge, which is, I think, where I first went and I got my start. Uh, Jim Cuddy Band. This one, too, is for charity, isn't it? Yeah. All benefit Daily Bread the- Food Bank. That is right? correct. I'm cutting you off. See, look, I'm Dill, I'm on a roll. I've got it in my brain. All I want to do is get it out. Now, I checked the website. Can I get tickets there, Dylan? No. You mean they're sold out? You're telling me the Jim Cuddy Band is sold out of tickets. Then why, on earth, why are we promoting this if Jim Cuddy Band is sold out? Where am I going to get my tickets? Well, well, there might be a way. Could it be a Seat Giant way? It could be a Seat Giant way. Log into SeatGiant.com and you can find your favorite shows going on in the city, including Jim Cuddy Band, Sunday, 8 p.m. at the Horseshoe Tavern. And if that's not good enough for you, use promo code STRINGER when you, when you check out. I almost said sign out, but I guess you check out, then sign out. Use promo code STRINGER for an extra couple dollars off your purchase. Now, we have three things lined up for you, but if you don't like any of those, if we totally aren't your kind of people, which I don't know why you'd be listening to us if you are, Seat Giant 
can still help you out. They've got tickets to all the concerts, sporting events, theater, and live shows going around, not only in Toronto, but all through North America. We were talking before we started, and when I was in Chicago, I went to a Cubs game, and Seat Giant were the ones that helped me hook me up with tickets, because it was a sold-out game, but I wanted in, I wanted to see Wrigley Field, and they got me in the doors. So SeatGiant.com for all your ticket needs, and don't forget to use promo code STRINGER, because it's Christmas time, and none of us are fucking rich, and we all need to save a couple dollars. Okay, I did a little bit of ranting. We did a little bit of weekend plans sharing. Now, let's throw you over to the podcast, number 30, with my friend, Kevin Briones. There's only one thing left to do. Dylan, you're getting good at this. What is it? If it's not buying Kevin Briones Oh my God. It's the sacks. It's the sacks. Usually, we try to do a rolling start. Yep. Where it's like, oh, you don't know it's recording. Yeah. And and then we're not recording. <laughs> and then, oh, surprise, I pick up my mic and they're like, oh, are we going? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, we're going. But that's not the case here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one of one. This is truly unique <laughs> podcast. Kevin Brion's on the podcast. Hello. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing great. You are the reason... For a very special experience that happened in my life. And when no one can see this, this is, you know, descriptive audio for podcasting. I point back to my Bumblebee head, yep. which I got at Fan Expo, yep. which you invited me out to. And yes. I was able to go to my first one. Yeah, It was like a highlight moment in my life because I met uh, Marina Sirtis from uh, Star Trek DNG, yep. which was like a dream. <laughs> and it was incredible. And and clearly I got my bumblebee head yeah. and I got a little a bunch of other little knickknacks <laughs> and that was all because of you because you had me down so I to start things you thank you thank you <laughs> thank you I appreciate it <laughs> it's awesome it's my pleasure I mean it's awesome just to like be able to you know bring my friends out to that which uh, you know it's part of the reason why I do it is to include as many people as I can in the things I love doing I was embarrassed that here I am thirty something. And I had never been, in all the years that had been under one name or the next in Toronto, mm. I had never been. When was your first Fan Expo, Comic Con, Comic Fest, Fan Fest? My first, like, convention. Convention. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Thank you. We're just getting, we're getting an overall title yeah, here. Yeah, overall first title. convention. The convention. My first convention was probably, gosh, maybe about, like, 10 years ago. Holy smokes. Yes, 10 years ago, but not, not as an artist. Just as a, as a fan. Just as a fan. Just, yeah. Like you. Yeah. Right? So, oh gosh, I would have been like 30. Yeah. So, not too far <laughs> off. Right? <laughs> Full disclosure, happy birthday. Thank Today, you. Kev made time out of his schedule to come in on his birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday. The big, you shouldn't have given away your age because honestly, yeah, honestly, and when everyone sees the photos or, or looks you up after this, 40 is like, everyone's like, what? Like, even when I told Sean, who works with me as well, when I told Sean that you were turning 40, he's like, really? He's like, I thought he was like 30 to 34. <laughs> that just, kid? It, that, that that child is turning 40? <laughs> but he has such nice skin. <laughs> you gotta, we need some secrets here, Kev. Like, well, you know, like I'm what, just, well, what do I gotta do here? I'm just hoping no one finds that Dorian Gray painting up in the attic. 
No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've clearly found the fountain of youth. You, yeah. you, you figured it out. So it's a steady diet of, I'm guessing, hamburgers. Hamburgers, right? Yeah. Because you guys yeah. usually do a burger day each week. Yeah. <laughs> um, you still like beer. Yep. Right? So there's burgers, there's beer, uh, sometimes pizza. Mm hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is just an equal balance of all. Exactly. It's just all, it's all in moderation. <laughs> I like saying, uh, I like to stay active because I like food and beer. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I work out so that I can drink and yeah. I drink so that I work out. That doesn't really make it's sense. It's a vicious circle. You, it's a vicious circle. <laughs> you, I remember when you moved out to the West End of Toronto, mm-hmm. you were biking into work every day. Yes. And I was so impressed. I was like, oh, look at you, Kev, just like riding your bike in. Like, what a go-getter. Because me, this is this is literally, even this morning. Yeah. This morning, I set my alarm early because uh, it's a busy day. We have you in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dylan and I actually jump on a plane to LA. And I'm like, I need to pack. I need to do all that stuff. I get up. I wake up early. And I'm like, awesome. You know what? I'm up early. That means I can uh, I can spend a minute and eat breakfast. Yeah. Right? Instead of running out the door. And I sit on the couch and I like clean out my PVR for 90 minutes, like <laughs> being like this thing, that thing. And I kid you not, I want to like walk or ride to work frequently, but that is how, and then before I know it, it's nine o'clock and I'm like, well, I better Uber. <laughs> I guess I better get myself to the office. Everyone's going to be getting in. And you're closer too, right? I am closer. You are closer. It's wild. <laughs> uh, so 10 years ago, yes. you attend your first convention. Mm-hmm. People go to conventions, and I'm kind of learning this little by little yes. for different reasons. There's this group that goes because their favorite artists are there. Mm-hmm. There's a group that goes for the communal aspect yeah. because they just know the people that go to conventions, and that's their group of friends, and mm-hmm. so they get to do their thing. There's a group that goes there for the theatrics. I'm yes. pretty sure just for the, like, oh, yeah. it's like they, they outdo Tons. themselves convention after convention and everyone's like, oh, what's so-and-so going to break out? Mm-hmm. So when the first time you went to convention, what kind of group were you fitting in? I had fit in, the reason why I went to my first one mm-hmm. was... Uh, to impress a girl. That's never the answer. <laughs> That's yeah. never, ever the answer. <laughs> I went to a comic book convention to impress a to girl. To impress a girl. <laughs> no, was, uh, my uh, my favorite artist was coming to, to Toronto. And it was like my chance to like meet him. And for all you comic nerds out there, it's Jim Lee. And uh, his... Stan's his, brother. Not Stan's brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like his, his comic book, what was it? It was the X-Men, number mm-hmm. one, when he first started drawing that. That was kind of like near the time when like comics, even like comic artists in the comic book community were almost like rock star status. Right, completely. And that's what kind of really, really got me into following comic books. Mm-hmm. Right, so this was my chance to meet him. Hmm. And I did. No you way. Know, I've got those those exact comics that I had picked up when I was a kid. Yeah. Signed by him. Got a picture with him. And yeah. So was it your ability as an artist that drove you to comics or did comics drive you to become an artist? Well, like becoming an artist, that was a a bit of a journey on its own. Mm-hmm. But uh, I knew I always wanted to get into comic books. I just never knew how. How? Yeah. yeah that was the biggest thing. And in, in high school, you know how you do those uh, vocational tests? Yes. Where they would 
<laughs> they would like give you this survey and yeah. kind of like rate your your yeah. aptitude. Janitors is what mine came out as. I got two. I got drill sergeant, really, or garbage truck driver. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. First of all, they're incredibly different, yep. and I can't even really draw lines. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's like if someone, it's like copywriter. Mm-hmm. Or systems analyst. If someone gave me those two, I'd be like, I kind of get the parallels. Yeah. It means I can break big things into little things and little things and even smaller things. Yes. And I'm good with process. Drill sergeant or garbage truck driver. I'm like, is one a bait? Like, is one like, <laughs> we're going to give him two so he feels like he chose the right one. Mm-hmm. But we're really only going to give him one. But then I'm curious which one they felt they were giving you because... Both seem very foreign to the man I know sitting in yeah. front of me. Either that or it's like, okay, you could either be this or you could be this. And if you're somewhere in between, we're still kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of jobs, let's, let's spitball for a second. What kind of jobs exist between garbage truck driver and drill sergeant? I'm going to lead the charge with janitor on a military base. Just saying. I would have fit in perfectly. Right? <laughs> But yeah, I understand like it's an interesting gap. Yeah. And then do you even use that information at that point? Well, that was what, the thing. When they get like what do I do with this? You're like, almost like thanks for nothing. Yeah. Like in in high school, so my I always wanted to do that in high school, but as soon as I kind of got those results, I was like, "Oh. So like comic book illustrator isn't Come Isn't on. an I, option. I took, all, I took all the art classes. Yeah, guys. I took all the art. I'm doing classes, great, right? And my guidance counselor told me that like this is this is a really good hobby. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, dissuaded me away from that. Interesting. You know? So I went into aviation and flight technology. <laughs> How did I not know this? We've been friends. We lived in the same building. I wanted to be in aviation and flight technology. Really? I was a hundred percent. And um, for. Interestingly enough, outside of high school, I never had the opportunity to to chase post-secondary yeah. for a multitude of different reasons. And so then it's like, where are all the smart jobs? Take them off the list. Yeah. Like, I want, I want to build airplanes. Not anymore, kid. You definitely <laughs> got to go to school. So you went to post-secondary for a- aviation and flight technology. I did. Over Holy at Seneca smokes, College. Because that also definitely leads someone down the path to becoming a comic book illustrator. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just natural. Did you? It's a natural thing. You, is it a three, four year program? It was a two year program. Okay. So the way that it worked for this one was out of 1,600 applicants, they would only pick the top 160 to go into first semester. Okay. And then to go into second semester, they would pick the top 80. Survivor of schools. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much yeah. that. You had, you had right? to get the immunity challenge. You had to beat out everyone else. <laughs> yeah. You had to form alliances and then you'd stab in the back. You, know, it was you all just got to hope that you get that rose. <laughs> and just- <laughs> we, need, we need a survivor bachelor. Like we need to put them, they, like they can't have razors. They can't shave their legs. They can't look pretty. They're out in the wild. Yeah. Like they have to build forts and hunt for themselves and they need obstacle they need courses. They fall in love. And, <laughs> and they need to fall in love. That yeah. is very, very obstacle <laughs> courses. And you need to choose the person you're going to marry at the end. And there has to be that one challenge where they have to eat something gross. Oh, that's the worst. It's I, always that one. I, it's weird because I grew up in a very liberal family when it came to food. Mm-hmm. 
And and at a very young age, I was exposed to so many different types of food. And oh, same here. Completely, completely cool with it. You were not going to get me to eat like a cricket. Like it's just <laughs> not. I, the crunch is already in my head, and I just can't do it. <laughs> so you go from one hundred and sixty down to eighty, mm-hmm. and then it continues to get yeah worse. Well, when it got to, you know, when it got to second semester. I had like an 80% average mm-hmm. and I still didn't make it into second Holy semester. Holy smokes. Yeah. So not a drill so. sergeant, not a garbage truck driver, not an airplane no, I'm not. No, okay. I'm not an aviator. Like, Kev, right? what now am I, I going to do? Right. So from there, I ended up like moving in back home mm-hmm. um, and I became a security guard while I figured out what I was going to do. You're pretty beefy. Right, I so, can see that. I wouldn't take you on. Don't mess with Kev. Back then. <laughs> back then. All I had all I had was a flashlight. <laughs> right in the eyes. <laughs> right in the eyes. Yeah. Run away. Ah, run. I was a very fast runner. Were you? I'll yeah. Say that. yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm not going to stop anything. I'm just going to notice it <laughs> and run and call someone who can stop it. <laughs> so then, yeah, it was while I was doing that that I realized that like my passion was in the arts. So this was already after you pursued post-secondary. So mm-hmm. clearly you, you you had a desire for it in high school. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't really give it its its due until yeah, because those late all, nights on the desk. All the factors were just pointing me into this other direction of like, art is, it's a hobby pursuit. Right. It's you not know? real. It's not real. It's just, it's just a nice thing to do, especially coming from an immigrant family. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of pressure to be a dentist, doctor, lawyer, you know, those, the basic threes. Yeah, don't know? worry. From a white family, mm. yeah, I get all the same pressure too. Yeah. I, it's, it's, they're like, why aren't you something better? <laughs> like, how did you, with everything you had going for, like all your school grades, how did I not become a doctor? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, mm. like, I yeah. get squirmish when dissecting worms. <laughs> are you, are you first generation Canadian? Yes. So your parents came from the Philippines. From the Philippines. I know very little about the Philippines, except there's a gigantic basketball following. Right. Which I have learned just through friends. following. Which I had, and not only are the huge following, some of the skill that comes out of the Philippines is unbelievable. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, it's interesting to me. I'd love to explore it, you know, especially being in sports documentary film. I'd love to go down that road. So your parents came to Canada yep. before you were born, mm-hmm. and then you were born here. I was born ta-da, here. And in they were Toronto. like, can you please, 40 years ago now, happy birthday. Yeah, hey. And then they were like, <laughs> listen, we've got some ideas for you, but even the alternate ideas are still pretty nine to five-ish, right? There's this perceived world of what you're supposed to work, and then there's kind of like this creative world, which when you break into, you realize that it, it fills up all the weird hours. Conventions yeah. are never are never Monday to Thursday no. from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. No. No. It's no. everything that's not that. <laughs> and so so I, my first experience with an artist, mm-hmm. I'll go back. My dad worked with a guy, and I wish I could remember his name. And I think I still, he used to do us like custom drawings. Just from, he'd be at work, right, bored. He worked for my dad. And they worked in an office, and he just like said, "Here, this is for your son." And he'd send home Wolverine, nice, or he'd send home like Spider Man, or he'd send like all this wicked stuff. And I think my brother still has a binder of all his artwork, just on like 
printer paper. Yeah. Like, like you know, the crummy stuff with all the dots down the side? Oh, yeah. Like the old dot matrix printer yeah. paper? Yeah. You just rip off a sheet and be doodling one day and be like, here, give this. And they're stinking, like, <laughs> hulking yeah. Logan. And for me, I think at an early age, that was a realization for me saying whoa, you can do something, but you can be really good at something else yeah. that's really creative. Yeah. And you see, that was that was exactly my dad, where you know he moved here, and up until recently, he just retired a couple years ago. And um, yeah, he was a professor at Sir Sanford Fleming. Holy smokes. Teaching computer-aided design. But really? he was also a comic book artist on his own. Oh, so it's a genetic thing. Yeah. So yeah. this is like Peter Parker has a Spider-Man son. Yeah. Like this is, I had no idea your dad was an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just something that he was, for him, he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's just something I can do. Something I like doing when I was in school. Um, but, you know, obviously when you move to another country and start another family, or not another family, start a family. <laughs> Tell us really he's a, what happened. He's, he's starting a, a franchise as this guy. <laughs> This is a completely different <laughs> podcast now. But yeah, you're, you're starting to, you're, you're making a new life here. Yeah. You go with, you know, what can help support that, right? And, to, and professor, yeah, it looks good professor. on a business card. It does. Yeah. It does. Comic book artist, it looks cool on a business card. Cool. Actually, the, the business card is probably really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should have brought my business card. <laughs> is there business cards? Yeah, I do have business cards. Oh my cards. goodness. Yeah. That's something I still haven't figured out how to do. I'm like, one day... One day I'll have business cards. <laughs> Up until then, I'll just email everyone. <laughs> what did you reach out? Was there, okay, did you have a group of friends? So here you're working, you're realizing not only you have a talent for it, mm-hmm. but you have a real passion. Mm-hmm. That's where your heart is. Yeah. Are we close to you creating your first comic book? Go, was Go Man your first? Go Man was my first. Was your first, okay. Yeah. So are, like, is it like, I know I can do something great, I'm just going to go home and write a story. Or is there so, some middle spice? Well, there was... Uh, okay, let's see. We're, wow. we're. Uh, I'm trying to like go back in time right now. <laughs> this is like a, this is your life on your this birthday. Is, yeah, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. I am actually the ghost of comic book past. <laughs> and you'll be visited soon by the ghost of comic book present. <laughs> after followed up by ghost of comic book future. Yeah. <laughs> um, the point I'm getting... Like, yeah. you don't just decide... Hey, I want. I'm good at this. I want to do it. And magically, your first comic book inspiration comes to you. Yeah. And you're like, I'm gonna write my whole first book, and then do all the artwork for it, and then tour it around, and then sell it. Yeah. There's there's this realization that happens. Process. And then there's like 50 feet of shit you got to get through Mm -hmm. before you get the first thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. So what was that 50 feet like for you? So 50 feet. It was a it was a bit of a challenge because. You know, say after I was a security guard, went into graphic design and then followed that path as a graphic designer. And every medium that I learned, I would kind of incorporate my own comic book characters Mm -hmm. in in a way of like learning how to use Photoshop, After Effects, Flash. So kind of like making my own little side projects here and there. Right. So I already had the go man, but just like he was my learning tool. Yeah, right. You know, he reminds me of 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 Tim Burton's Jack. Okay, yeah. From uh, Nightmare Before, Nightmare Christmas. Before Christmas, yeah. And, and and you, if you look back through all of Tim Burton's artwork, there, there's Jack in 
thousands of iterations yeah. before the story was ever there and before the characters and the and the movie were, was exactly. ever there. Exactly. Yeah, and that's totally what it is. But for the longest time, like, uh, comic book artists still felt foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't know how to break into that industry. And I was in the graphic design industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was more attainable to me there. Completely. Um, I think there's a path kind of... There's a very visible path laid out yeah. for you yeah. in something that's so structured and so widely known. Yeah. <laughs> and then so upon moving back to Toronto, I uh, I just happened to like, it was one night after the movies, a bunch of my friends went to the movies and then we went to the Black Bull and we didn't realize this at the time, but every Wednesday, a bunch of comic book artists meet up there. Oh, no way. Yeah. For a drink and draw. The All drink the, and draw. Drink and draw. So all they is do it is literally drink beers what I think it is. and draw. Yeah, Holy smokes. that's all they do. So you've got this like huge table yeah. of just these talented artists there. And then I didn't realize till after the fact. There's like published DC artists there, published Holy Marvel smokes. artists there, uh, aspiring artists there. But then after like watching this, looking at this, I totally kind of negated my 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 buddies i'm like what is yeah, going yeah. on here <laughs> i just became you i have found my people yeah. <laughs> artists assemble assemble <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was what it was seeing that it was meeting those people and then realizing that no they're not up here it's not unattainable yeah they're guys just like me you know, and they're, they're just kind of finding their own way. And I think that was instigating a uh, plot point right. in this story where it was like, okay, it's possible. Right. Right. So again, I took my learning tool, go man, let's, let's bring him into, into cr- comic book format. And do you, <clears throat> how collaborative is the comic book world? So from, from an outsider, mm-hmm. I know when a writer works with an artist, mm-hmm. that's a very, when you come from the world that I'm in, yes, like, or even the graphic design world, yeah. that's a very tight team. But is there, are there more people involved that you just don't really realize? So you, you look at, you have this drink and draw, mm-hmm. you have a huge number of artists that come in. Does Go Man kind of, do you kind of shop the idea around and be like, hey, like try to develop it with the help of a bunch of other people? Or is it still very personal and very private? Go Man in particular is pretty private in that when I was first learning how to come up with that that first issue, the only person I knew was myself and, you know, possibly, you know, the, these other artists that I had just met, but not knowing much about the industry, but with my background in graphic design... You know, I kind of had all the tools I needed to just build and just do it. Graphic design yeah. my own comic, right. yeah, completely. So that's exactly what I did. <laughs> you know, I just came out with it. I just, I just, uh, you know, you buckle down, spend those late nights. <laughs> How many? You know? One or two, I bet. <laughs> it was enough. Yeah, it was enough. I like to tell aspiring artists who are making a comic book yeah. to do one panel a day. So a panel isn't a page. It's not a page. Right, it's just it's a piece. one of the boxes. It's just the, one of the boxes. Yeah. And there's probably more than 30 panels in a comic book. More than 30 panels yeah, in a comic than, book, that's right? But <laughs> if you think about it, like every 
every comic page averages about five to six panels a page. Okay. Holy smoke. So you're doing right? a page a week. Page a week. But then, you know, you keep slowly picking away at it. Yeah. And eventually, after 24 weeks, <laughs> you have a comic. Go Man came with, uh, with two issues. Uh, three issues. Three issues of Go yep. Man. And then you introduced Neon Black. Yes. What were you exploring with Neon Black that you couldn't explore or you felt you weren't going to explore with Go Man? Hmm, that's a good one. And it's, in a way, and I'm excited for your answer, and mm. I want to give you, I want to just fill in the dead air so you can think about it. Yeah. But in my head, I'm someone who will have those breaking points where I'm like, this was, and actually, not that you have to look through it, but there's a bunch of ideas on the board behind you for stuff that we're working on. Mm-hmm. And some of them was one idea. And then we're like, oh my goodness, no, no, no. This is two things where we can go with this and this. But there has to be this breaking point in you. They're like, okay, I know where this person or this story is is going to lead me. Yeah. And I know I also want to explore this thing over here yeah. that involves other really cool things. And then you don't have to do one or the other. You get to do everything you want. Mm-hmm. What what did you get to do in Neon Black? What do you get to explore? So with with Neon Black, I mean, again, it goes back to the process, right? So um, if we go back to Go Man, the first issue was pretty much me figuring out how to make a comic. Second issue was me figuring out how to tell a story effectively in 24 pages. Is that that's the standard, that's the, the standard, the standard size, okay. right? Or a standard, yeah. Yeah, size. Page yeah. amount. Page count. Yeah, page count. And then issue three was me establishing the workflow, right? So like how I can how I can balance that with a full time job, right? Right, and a life, and a life, hopefully, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's a life in there somewhere. Um, And then, so it got to this point where as I'm as I'm doing this, and I'm doing the conventions now as well, and establishing a fan base, and like. I have momentum going, mm-hmm. right? This other story, Neon Black, kind of stemmed from Go Man, but it's more, uh, it, it was more of its own kind of contained story. Yep. Which, yeah, there, there's something pulling me to it where mm-hmm. now it's not, with Go Man being kind of an ongoing mm-hmm. issue by issue, establish that story yep. with Neon Black, it's, you know, it's its own self contained story. Mm-hmm. I've got like a four issue story arc. Oh, is that kind is of planned? That, ooh, mm. I didn't know. I didn't know that yet. Oh yeah, and two are out. Two are out. Two are out. And there's yeah. okay, amazing. That yeah. means there's two more. <laughs> and yeah, so you know, this this four issues is more so like establishing the characters, establishing the world, and with the intent to eventually kind of shop that out to larger companies. It's like studios. it's 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 the Kevin comic book universe. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you're creating the Kevin comic universe, the Brioniverse, the Brioniverse. Oh, I like the way that sounds. Not to be confused with the Broniverse. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a Brie there. How? And this is what one of my first introductions to your art. I, that's kind of a lie. Mm-hmm. Goldman was my first introduction to your art because we worked together, and then I figured out that you had this whole other side. You know, and all and all the comic book artistry, and that I took off with that. I'm like, mm. yeah, I want to know this guy. I'm like, forget this graphic design, Kevin. <laughs> I'm like, he can stay at the desk. But then you told me, or you, I forget how it happened, but I figured out you do commission pieces. Yes, and then 
we worked on a commission piece that's, it, yeah. that's in my condo right now. <laughs> How do you balance the two, though, between you have you have a story that you want to tell, mm-hmm. right? And so you obviously have to dedicate time to that. But there's this piece of you that was, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. so happy and so willing to create something based on kind of spec, not spec work, but like what, what do you want to see come to life? Mm-hmm. And I can do that for you. The reward in doing those is that, you know, people will, will come to, you know, they'll come with me with requests on things they would like to see. And the reward for that is, you know, I draw things that I wouldn't normally draw. Right. Right. So for like your piece in particular. Most highly gothic. Is that right? what we called it? Yeah. Yeah. Most highly yeah. gothic. <laughs> I have to, I, I'll post a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, when the, when this podcast goes out, because it's incredible and I love it and I love the mashup. In yeah. my head, I love mashup culture. Yeah. And that you had worked on some stuff already that was mashup culture. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, it's it's something that I wouldn't have thought of. And, you know, by doing those, like by doing the special requests, it also challenges me to, to, to kind of perfect my art. Because also, I don't want to give someone something that I've just kind of... Hacked out. Hacked out. Completely. Right? So Jim, Jim Lee mm-hmm. was massively inspirational to you yes as an artist i need to mm-hmm. ask you to help me what did he work on what kind of what were the comics you were reading um, um that that you were able to identify him so back then it was uh you know his x-men mm-hmm. and that was the first one to you know to really get the ball going for me are you more of a cyclops guy or wolverine guy because i i find people kind of divide between the two yeah it's tough because it now, tough. now Cyclops has kind of gotten pretty dark in the comic book universe. I would say as a kid growing up, I was a Cyclops guy. Yeah, so was I. And now I'm a Wolverine, Wolverine guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like, there are times when I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go do my own thing. My mom, my mom would travel for trade shows when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where she got this idea. And actually, I should ask her. But she'd come back with a comic book for us. From these trade shows, and I, not, not not like a trade show comic book. That'd be really boring. <laughs> it's actually called a brochure, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and they aren't drawn; they're just photos. <laughs> no, um, she'd come back with comic books for us, and that's how we started the 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 meager, very meager collection that yeah. that we had between my brother and I. And it's just this really, it's a really neat gift because it allows you, especially. You got to remember, this is not something we're asking for mm-hmm. or we're out pursuing ourselves yet. Yeah. We, we did go down that road a little bit further, but in a way, it allowed us to live in a different world. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, he, it, it's escapism yeah. completely from a young age. Yeah. And I think it's so neat and it's so visceral and visual. Like, you, mm-hmm. you were so immersed in it that I was like, oh, what a neat gift. Instead of having a toy. That I can have, and sure, you create imagination, like there's imaginary yeah. parts to having a toy, but it would be, I don't know, it, it was a book, and so yeah. it was X-Men for us, it was but like big time X-Men, Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. uh, Captain America, and then a little bit of DC, but I think even then, even though we were, though we were too young to really know that they're different, yeah. 
we knew that were like, ah, I'm not sure I'm like a Batman kind of guy or Superman even kind of guy, even though yeah. we liked the movies as kids. We knew we were like, well, we actually, I think we loved the team aspect. Yes. Right? We always loved having a group. It was like, there's this guy. There's, right. This is the leader. There's the strong guy. And that's what X-Men yeah. gave us. Yeah. So you, as you said, you, your entry, a real inspiration would have been X-Men? Would have been X-Men. Yeah. And it was in in following that to start to realize that there's there's other artists you know and and right. and then discovering these other artists um and then it got to the point where as opposed to following the actual characters and the stories i was following the artists oh interesting because artists would go from sometimes from title to title and you know he would move to 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 Captain America. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he would later form uh, Image Comics. Interesting. Right? And then come out with his own titles. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow. He's making his own characters. And, yeah. You know, now he's editor-in-chief of DC Comics. <laughs> Holy smokes. <Right? laughs> now, do you... Are they signed up for runs? Did, did, like, did, they're like, we're going to do... 20 issues with you here mm-hmm. or is it like a job is it i apply for a job i get a job now i'm working on this comic and i get to keep it until i get fired no it's yeah they get signed up for runs for runs they're like here's uh you know a 12 issue comic deal interesting here you go and How about it's, it? it yeah and it goes uh it goes back to the collaborative route uh, that you were talking about before where you know you have to establish a that connection with a writer Right where you can you can collaborate on the story that uh, you both want to tell, and how to tell it the best. And do you often see our story arcs? This shows how little I know. Hmm. In a run of comics, yeah, does a story arc generally see itself to completion? Yes, there. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh, that's incredible. It's awesome seeing that. Right. So, yeah, that's something that I uh, that I would aspire to one yeah. day. Yeah. You know. Is to work with because you went on. You, you've written the five comics you've put out. You've both written and written and illustrated. Illustrated. Thank yeah. you. Is it? Would it be hard for you? Do you think to to team up with a writer because you 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 have clearly the fact that you wrote the first one mm-hmm. and didn't go to someone the first time and be like I have the story I want to tell. Can you help me by writing it? And you kind of just worked it out yourself. Mm-hmm. You get a flow. You get a, a way of doing things. Is that? Is it? Would you look in the future to team up? I would. You think? Yeah, I would love to like team up. It's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes back to the collaborative aspect of graphic design, right? Right, where you know that that world isn't foreign to me, right? You know, I've, it's uh, in some ways it's more familiar to me, right? Where yeah, you know, if someone has a great idea and you know, I feel like I can I contribute to that idea to help it kind of give it a look and bring it to life. So okay, stay with <clears> me. Mm-hmm. Got an idea here. I'm gonna I'm gonna shop it around to the group. <laughs> so we have a middle aged camera guy. He's kind of plain looking. Wears a lot of ball caps, and he and he travels North America. He needs a superpower. What's a superpower? Like he needs something. Well, first you have to say it like Stan Lee. First, <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm having a great time. I'm here. <laughs> He's incredible. <laughs> That man, I, he's still. I I've tried to download every podcast, every interview yeah. he's ever done, just because I like his presence. Yeah, in a room, and it's interesting. Actually, I don't know if you saw it recently. He's uh, I missed a legal battle mm-hmm. with some of his former partners. Yeah, 
And I kind of paused everyone for a second as after I read this. And I said, and, and we're going to deal with great numbers here, but mm-hmm. still, do you have Stan Lee's net worth? I don't know his net worth. He, okay, so he's been yeah. doing this obviously forever. He's like yeah. the grandfather and father of everything yeah. that I've ever known. 50 million, right? So 50 million sounds... Trust me, if I had fifty million, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, line that up against someone like J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. right? Who I'm a big fan of. He's had a couple great TV runs, mm-hmm. of course, a couple great movies, and he's worth two hundred million. So you kind of, so yeah. Hollywood is this really weird place, and that's what I kind of expressed to everyone after I read this. Is here's a man that that has fathered in a way generations of of creativity yeah but he probably never owned inspired jj abrams too he probably inspired jj abrams yeah i'm i'm waiting for the jj x-men movie like if he does that <laughs> i am so on board <laughs> little too many lens flares but i'm so on board with what jj does if he ever does an x-men movie <laughs> wouldn't that be incredible oh, okay be awesome. so camera guy travels north america he fights crime he just needs Maybe maybe it's in the camera. Maybe he's a That's Donatello. What I was say. Maybe he's a Donatello, right? Where he's, he's sure he's a little funny looking, but he's really super smart. What if he sees the immediate future through his camera lens? Oh, interesting. Like 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 like, like five like, minutes ahead. Five of minutes time. ahead. Yeah. Wasn't there a TV show? There's a TV know. show where the guy he every morning he received tomorrow's newspaper. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive. Dill, look this up if, if, if you can find it. I think every morning he received, maybe it was even every morning he received, yeah, tomorrow morning's newspaper. So it was the events that were going to happen that day. Mm. And so he literally, I felt terrible for this guy because you can't win them all. And he goes around all day long, like trying to stop whatever's supposed to happen. Yeah. That's going to be bad from happening tomorrow. <laughs> There's a comic book hero. Right, but he sees it through the lens of a camera. He's filmed it before it's actually happened. Right? See collaboration at work. <laughs> Twelve book deal, twenty-four pages each. Fun. Let's get started. Let, let's get started. What, Dill, do you have it? So I got the show. It yes. is, Am I close? Oh. It's called Early Edition. Early, that's Early right. Edition came out in '96. Oh boy! Wow! Started, wow, Clay starred Friday Night Lights star Kyle Chandler. <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> I'm so impressed with myself. I did not even it's, it's, know that existed. It's the morning time. No, yeah. Now, now we have to binge watch it. Let's. I wonder right. if it's on Netflix. I think it only needs a couple episodes. How many seasons did it last? It lasted four seasons, ninety Whoa. episodes. What? That's a great run. Yeah, that's like a great. A TV show becomes great at a hundred, and it yeah. is just short of that. That's incredible. Early edition. It's got to be like one episode where he sees his like obit. It's got. Or, it's got to happen. Or, or they do it. It's like every cliffhanger at the end of each of the three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, no again! it happened again. <laughs> I wonder what his day job was. Like, can he even have a day job at that point? You're like, I am so busy saving the world every single morning. I can't go to the Daily Planet and type my story. I'm sorry. You got, no, I, I, but but I, I was close. I, was I close on the premise? Wow. Still, it's just. A paper delivered mysteriously every day. Of course. And it's accompanied by a ginger tabby cat. That's the... <laughs> a ginger tabby cat. Oh, 
I love the 80s and 90s for television. Because she's like, what? Yeah, you're like, you're going to do what? And they're like, we'll give you five seasons. <laughs> Just make it. He was a stockbroker, too. That's A stockbroker. Wow. Because that's not demanding. Maybe he had one of those, like, massive life changes. Yeah. Like, going back to Scrooge, like, he here he was, so into himself, and the money he was making... Yeah. And he started receiving tomorrow's newspaper. Well, and then he had to change broker, his soul. You still, get, you still all get the results for the next day. Oh, yeah. They'll give you hints on like, oh, uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. he used it for bad. The TV show, I think he used it for good. But, you know, I'd just go right to the sports section. Yeah. I'd be like, who wins tonight's game? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an upset by the Maple Leafs. <laughs> you're, you're, so you're Biff Tannen in this series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Outside of the comic book world, what are some mm-hmm. of the inspirations you find that help you uh, and, and and help you in just being creative? Um, just everywhere. It's yeah, thanks. Obviously, everywhere. Everything makes me creative. <laughs> Everything inspires me. Um, you know, from finding out how to play with a new medium, whether it's watercolor oh, or clay, or mm-hmm. yeah, and trying to see how I can. You know, bring that to life and yeah. incorporate that into the next issue, right? Um, have you worked with Clay? I have. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We should talk about <laughs> I'm very curious how that turned out. I could make a Clay Clay. clay. A Clay, a Clay Clay. <laughs> I'd probably be more interested in a Clay, like, go man. Yeah. Actually, Clay yeah. Clay. You just got to be soft and round. <laughs> I can make that too. It's called a ball. <laughs> Done. Five minutes. Done. Five minutes. <laughs> Got it. And look, you can see his superpower. Yeah. <laughs> you can see tomorrow's future through the camera of his through the lens of his camera. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's watching movies, it's mm-hmm. uh television, it's I get a lot of my inspiration from just going to the conventions and seeing what other artists are oh, doing. Right. Just being inspired by that. Yeah. Right. And um after every convention, I just get, I don't know, I get this like, the, this mode, like wave of inspiration of like, gotta create, gotta create, gotta yeah. make something more, you know? Spent mm-hmm. pencils, how did that become? That's, that's like your, your troop. Yeah. Those are your that's, boys. That's the crew. That's the crew. <laughs> how did that come? And w- and when in the timeline did you kind of start forming or, or, or become part of a larger group? Well, that was, that was roughly near the beginning, you know, shortly after I had met uh, those guys at the Drink and Draw. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing my research online to kind of see, like, you know, what 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 groups are doing more things like this. And then I happened to see to meet. Oh wait, one of my cousins introduced me to a printer in Toronto. Oh no! Uh, and you know he, you know his 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 buddy who is the owner of the the print shop. He printed a lot of comics for just indie artists. In Toronto, right? So he knew that I was making a comic. He's like, yeah. I gotta introduce you to my buddy. He, this is what he does. Wow. You know, you guys talk. And so at his shop one evening, he had uh, just like a meetup yeah. of like comic book, um, just local comic book people. And then I met uh, the two main guys, Arnold and Vince, who had started Spend Pencils. Yeah. Oh, what names. I love it. Oh, it was crazy. It, it's funny too, because they, they, they fit the names, yeah. Right where when you see them, like at first I you didn't know which think, one's which just by looking at them. And I didn't think that they were comic book artists, just because oh, they're how they carried themselves. Yeah, 
you know? Yeah. Like at first I'm like, oh wow, is this is this my cousin's buddy's like hired muscle? Because <laughs> these guys look like Is this a workout me? convention or what? It's like, what's going on? Did I show up at the gun show? <laughs> it wasn't just like they look like jacked dudes. They just look like they could wreck shop if they needed to. <laughs> right? That's how they ensure they get paid. Yeah. You're going to buy my comic book yeah. and I'll make sure you pay me for it. Give me your milk money. Yeah, but then, you know, I, I got a chance to like talk to them and they're like, oh, hi, my name's uh, my name's Arnold and uh, I do uh, I do drawings, you know? That's incredible. <laughs> would, you, would you like to join our group? You should join our group. You should, you should really? Oh, you're, you seem so nice. <laughs> Talking about, you said your, your cousin introduced you to the printer. Yeah. Was it the same cousin? We realized that we had... Not a connection like ages and ages and ages before because one of my first jobs mm-hmm. in television was with a, a production company called GPI, which did a show called Sport Compact TV Yeah, with a delightful host that yep. I got to work with for a season or a season and a half mm-hmm. named Kate Penaflor. Yes. And I don't know how, <laughs> I have no idea how we realized that I knew, I don't know what conversation we were having. Where her name came up. Yeah. But you guys are cousins. Cousins. You're related. Yep. And we're also like twin cousins, as in we're born a month apart. Get out. Yep. I had no idea. It's okay. So I worked on this show. I'm To explain to Dylan, poor guy, or anyone, I worked on this show <laughs> called Sport Compact Television. And it was in the height of tuner fever. Yep. Right, where everyone oh, yeah. was was doing something to their Honda Cavalier, Civic. Honda Civic, or uh, <laughs> Sunfire, or, you know, some of the nicer ones, too. Like, you had Preludes, and you had Integras, and worked with a guy who had a Toyota Supra, mm-hmm. right, which were a beautiful machine all around. And Kay hosted the show, and, and I worked there, and I kind of did a whole whack of odd jobs originally. Uh, I think he wanted me to sell, like the the executive producer wanted me to sell commercial time, yeah, which totally wasn't up my alley. I logged B roll for them, <laughs> so imagine you're like, I'm gonna sell commercial time, and now you're <laughs> logging B roll to like being an extra hand mm-hmm. on shoots because they do some of the like the tuner tech in the building in the where the production yeah. company was located. Um, and so I'd be like an extra set of hands on that because I actually had a bit of a mechanics background. And um, Kay, she was incredible. And then everything, I think, just kind of disappeared at once. I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, it all kind of, in a night. <laughs> I think it just kind of dissipated. It kind of dissipated. Right. And Kay, does she stay in television? She does um, yoga she stayed, stuff now, she? stayed she? in television. Yeah, she's she's huge into yoga huge. now. Huge. And, and she's an instructor. And yeah. she has a large following. And huge. she does conventions and stuff like that. Yeah. All that. Um, I mean, she stayed in television for a little bit longer. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's exactly that. She kind of found her found her footing her spot. In, in yoga. In so what I'm health. learning here is one of your cousins got huge into TV, then yoga. Another one of your cousins introduced you to a printer. Yeah. Really, I just got to stay close to you. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm either going to meet the people I have to meet, <laughs> or they're just related to you already, <laughs> and they're just going to help me work my, my stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> 
We uh, we know we know a few people. Yeah, you know a few people. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a good family to know. Yeah. How many conventions are you doing this year? How first of all, how many did you do last year? I know we had talked earlier, and you said you're doing a few less this year. Yeah. But but what are yeah. you used to? Like, wh- how big of a circuit are you used to doing? And then what what ones do you have coming up this year? Well, I think the most that I did in one year yeah. was like ten. Holy smokes! Yeah, and that was only that's not even like spread out throughout the years. Uh, there's like a convention season, yeah. Almost. Okay, and it kicks off in March. Kicks off in March. In March, okay. And kind of goes all the way up until that year in particular. It went to, I want to say November. Okay. Right. But yeah, I've kind of I've reduced it down to like five main ones. Yeah. Um, in Canada or Canada and the U.S. Just Canada. Just Canada. I've okay. only done a few in in the states. Which uh, were pretty awesome. Yeah. But you did New York, time. right? I did New York. Yeah. Part of the fun for that was we got to stay on a houseboat. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Air- Airbnb fun. is yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being a kid when we got to go to like any sort of hotel and we'd all rate and then they had a pool. Right. And you're like, oh my goodness, it's got a pool. Totally. Yeah. That's being an adult. It's now getting a houseboat. Yeah. Or just like really cool apartments <laughs> through Airbnb. You're like, oh, you're never going to get the get guess the like, place we're going to get. place out. Yeah. That's incredible. So yeah, mostly in mostly Canada. In so Canada. Vancouver, Calgary, I'm guessing. Toronto, um, uh, Montreal. Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, yeah. um, and Niagara. Niagara has one. Yeah. Has it pa- is it coming up or is it passed already? It passed already. Oh, wow. How yeah. was that? It was really good. Yeah. Do you get some of the northern New York people up there yeah, too? Yeah, you get a lot of New York or people. Or West, western New York, I guess yeah. it is. And then uh, actually just last weekend I was in Montreal. Wow. Yeah. And it went well, I hope. <laughs> It went awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. Great. So, you know, like I said, I just have I'm riding this wave of inspiration right now. Amazing. Birthday week. Birthday birthday (laughs) week. You're just winning on all the courts. (laughs) So now you you spilled the beans. We know there's two more neon blacks Mm -hmm. at some point. Yes. How do you tackle? Is this something where you you complete the story for the two of them? Yes. Give me a timeline. Basically, Kevin, I just want to know when I get my book. (laughs) So a timeline. So what I'm planning on doing now is writing three and four together. Okay. So once I'm done that story, which I'm hoping at the very latest before Christmas. Okay. And then I'll start illustrating it right after the two of them together so that as soon as I'm done three, I'll start selling those. Yeah. And then the wait time between three and four is a lot less. And do you... Do you still, do you try to keep yourself to a panel a day? Is that your own still internal? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Now, I also have, (laughs) here's a a secret. Yeah, stream exclusive. (laughs) So, uh, as I was cleaning out the condo this week, um, I had found out that, not found out, I just remembered that I have a whole fourth issue of Go Man already penciled. What? Yep. The fuck, Kev? <laughs> How do you forget about that shit? I, well, life gets busy, clearly. I'm not... Well, life gets busy, and then... What was it? Yeah, life gets busy, and then, and and you know, we got on this neon black kick. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was like, okay, well, it's either do this or do this. Right, completely. Right? Because you can't do one panel a day for three books. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But I was looking through it. This book here is already done. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple little fine tuning to do to it. Yeah, I'm debating on whether I should like ink it or follow the the previous so, style of Go Man. 
so help me help me <clears throat> understand the difference there and what you're describing <clears throat> between penciling it and inking it. Yeah. And then it has to get colored too, right? Yes. That's its own process. Yeah, so it still needs to be colored. So what's the old what's the old look versus the the, the old Kevin look versus the new Kevin look and what you want to do with Go Man there? So with the old Kevin look for with Go Man, yeah. uh, what I ended up doing was I would pencil the whole book okay. and then color it digitally. Okay. And then, you know, put in the lettering, yeah. make the cover, and then boom, you got your issue. Yeah. With Neon Black, this one was all done, all the artwork is all done traditionally. Oh, So it's inked. I use markers, watercolors, and yeah, that's now kind I'm of Now I'm going to go back and look, but that makes complete sense because mm-hmm. you said when you created the first Go Man, you were applying a lot of what you knew from graphic design. Yes. Which would be doing a lot of these things digitally. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And then as you explore the craft, you're then able to explore different ways of doing things. Yes. Such yeah. as such as more like traditional markers, methods. watercolor. Oh my. Yeah. That's so do you, you don't yeah. know what you're going to do yet? Um, you leave that as a surprise. Yeah. That could I'll be leave the big that surprise. as a surprise. We'll yeah. see. Go Man 4. Right? Any hints as to, uh, uh, as to where the story leads with our little protagonist? Where the story leads, it's continuing from. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's on. It's continuing from the, you know, from from the first three issues okay. from that world that that uh, established. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. extremely vague. Captain Kirk and Spock keep going through space. You know, tune into <laughs> the just, next Star Trek. They just keep moving forward. They just you're not done their five year journey yet. <laughs> they just move forward. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, even reading through the script, it kind of goes deeper into the characters yep. Yep. where you, you explore kind of where they come from yep. and, you know, what they represent as people. People. Not just characters, no. as people. Okay. Yeah. What, should we, what should we do, Dill? What should we do for his birthday? We got to do something. It's, it's the first time we've ever had anyone on the <laughs> podcast on their birthday. We do something special. For you. Well, did that work out? Was it on my birthday? Or, or were we supposed to do one and then he canceled? <laughs> We do something special for, for, for Kev's birthday. I'm not going to write him a song. I tried that once already. It <laughs> failed miserably. Everyone's everyone's sick of me singing. All right. Mm. I want to... Oh, my goodness. This is tough. I'm not. I'm great at putting people on the spot. I'm terrible at putting myself on the spot. For your birthday, this is what we're going to do. Okay. We're not going to go for... I, I'm going to promise you, let's make... We're going to set a date. Yep. You and me. We're going to go out. Just the two of us. It's going to be a birthday gift. Done. Let's go. Let's just pick somewhere in this city. Because a lot, as we've learned recently, we actually get a lot of listeners from actually the states, interestingly really? enough, That's a lot awesome. of U.S., which I would imagine they're not so up on what the Toronto restaurant scene is like. Yeah. So you and me, where should we go? Let's And let's stay outside of distillery. So how I met Kev, actually, was we, we worked together uh, in sports. But then we realized we also lived in the same building, only a couple floors apart. Yeah. So then we'd sometimes walk in together. We'd walk home together. When we're bored, he'd let me sit on his couch <laughs> and we watch, um, what was the, mis- uh, Mike Tyson Mysteries? Oh, yes. We'd yeah. watch Mike Tyson Mysteries as yeah. you like illustrated. As I drew. As you drew. Yeah. And I just sat there like a bump <laughs> on a log. Where should we go? Let's do that. Where should we go? Um, I guess the, the real question is, what do we feel like eating? I know? want... I'm totally over right now. Burgers. I know you're a burger guy. I've I've kind of yeah, burgers kinda, are always kind of had I've, I've kind of had my fill. Yeah. So so let's stay away from the the traditional fare. Mm-hmm. Where's an interesting experience in Toronto? An interesting do you feel? experience. Just like a like atmosphere. 
Um, you like how I turned? I went from putting myself on the spot to putting someone else on the spot. <laughs> That's how I deal with pressure. Uh, one of my favorite spots is okay. La Carnita. La Carnita. Oh, it's a taco place. Yeah. Right? Taco Spanish place. place. Yep. Which one? Where is there, is, is that the one near the Scotiabank Theater? There is one near there. Okay. Um, oh, you have a better one. Which is kind of like the main one. The The original one is up on College. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So College Street. And, uh, that that place holds a little place in my heart for me because one of my first jobs when I moved back to Toronto yeah. was uh, I was working at the company that helped start it up. No Actually, way. Actually, the art director there started it. And all of us designers had a hand in uh, in what it looks like. Yeah, in in the uh, in the the texture. Yeah, over the places. Yeah. And so, is there still like remnants of Kevin Brion's on the walls? I'd have to look. Or on the they menu? Should be yeah. That's I'm totally <laughs> down for tacos. Yeah. Let's do tacos. Done. We'll do tacos. Done? Yeah. When's the next time that someone can see you at a convention, Kev? Would be at uh, Fan Expo at the end of August in Toronto. In Toronto. So we'll look out. For Go Man. Go Man. Neon Black. Yeah. Kevin Brion's. Art of Kevin Brion's. Art uh, of Kevin Brion's.com. Uh, well, it's just Kevin Brionis.com. Kevin Brionis.com. Yeah. You can catch me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Go Man 7. <laughs> You're in my phone as Go Man. Still. Oh, yeah? You're in my. Nice. Every, <laughs> like, I always, when I go to text you, I'm always, I type in your last name and it doesn't come. I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. Go Man. And then it comes up. <laughs> At GoMan7 on Instagram? Yep. Or, yeah, GoMan and then number seven. Number seven. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And Facebook is part of Kevin Brown's. Yeah, Facebook is. Amazing. Done. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. There's one thing. Actually, one. we didn't even get into this. I hope you come back because mm-hmm. I'd love to. And I told you, I was like, before we started, because there's clearly a thousand things we could have talked about. <laughs> I said, Kev, if it's okay, let's work at the comic book stuff yeah. for this conversation. He's like, yeah, totally. I'd love to talk. Com- of course yeah. you do. Something that's really important to me, and it's actually you're one of the people I've looked up to when it comes to continually trying to find balance mm-hmm. in life, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's appreciating the fact that big changes come with a lot of small decisions. Yes. And so as we say goodbye, I like to finish every podcast the same way, and that is encouraging everyone to be good to themselves and eat their vegetables because mm-hmm. as silly as it sounds... That's such a small thing that crazy enough so many of us overlook that is such a positive change in our own life. Yes. And if we can do one small thing a day to make a positive change in our life, then we can do three and then we can do five. Yeah. And then, and, and then you know, we're on our way to seeing the big changes come about. Yes. So as we finish this off, from myself, obviously Kevin, from Dylan, from Luca who edits. Thanks, Luca. Please, please, please be good to yourself. And eat your vegetables. How does Dan Lee say that? And eat your vegetables. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm here. Excelsior. Excelsior.